Hey everyone, it is Audrey here on Sport of AF with another episode. Today we have the incredible Rachel Fine, nutritionist and dietitian, otherwise known as To The Point. She is such an amazing woman inside and out and enlightens me with so much information that honestly I can take in my day-to-day activities. We talk all about mindset around food and saying goodbye to that restrictive and obsessive mindset and welcoming a new approach to food. We also touch on eating disorders and different things and how to deal with them in a healthy way. We talk about body image and so, so much more, which you guys can find so insightful. Before we get started, make sure you're following Rachel on all of her accounts. It's all linked below. And please, guys, don't forget to follow Sportive AF on Instagram. Hey everyone, I'm here today with Rachel Fine, an internationally known registered dietitian nutritionist, otherwise known as To The Point Nutrition. And today we're going to be talking all about the dancer's diet and how to fuel yourself properly. Nutrition is such a huge part of the dancer's life and often one of the hardest. So today, Rachel will be educating us on all of those topics and questions you guys asked via the Sportive AF Instagram, and of course, some of the general topics as well. I'm so grateful to have you on today, Rachel. How are you? I'm doing well, Audrey. It's so nice to see you across the globe. I, I, you know, like I said, I just love what you're doing and I'm really happy to chat and excited to just give you any insight I can. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I know for myself and our listeners, we appreciate it so much what you're doing as well. So thank you. The first thing I want to get into, because I feel like of all people, you have some pretty healthy habits. Can you tell me (laughs) what your morning routine is like? (laughs) Yes, definitely. So I would say my morning routine has really changed with different stages of my life. So right now I'm a mom and a a big part of my morning routine is trying to be happy in the morning. Plus also juggling. I have a four-year-old and a newborn at home now. So with that being said, With that being said, I'm also very much a morning person and I know morning is so important for me personally to start my day. Mm -hmm. So usually what I need is some type of just movement practice. Now in the past, I was always the person to start my day with either a Pilates class or Mm -hmm. even with a ballet class if I could have access to that. It's a little bit tough now with the kids at home and of course with COVID. But I would say my morning routine that I rely on now is about 15 minutes of a Pilates. I have a reformer at home, which was definitely- It it, it was, you know what, I I made the decision when I actually had my son four years ago. I was like, I knew I wasn't going to have time to actually take classes. Mm -hmm. So I decided to kind of just bite the bullet, make the investment and do it for myself, which was a very good decision because (laughs) now I can, you know, have these 15 minutes to myself where I can just get on the reformer, get some movement, some stretching in and even some light strength training. Um, And then always... I always start my day with a pretty substantial breakfast. I find that when I um, really start my body off with a very nutrient-dense, 
honestly, even calorically dense breakfast, I just feel really set for the day and set for anything that comes my way, whether that's working with clients, whether that is going to take a dance class, um, and so on and so forth. So usually what I've been into these days is actually making a smoothie bowl. Um, yeah, I throw in like chia, flax, love hemp hearts. I've really been into blueberries with that. I use a whole milk Greek yogurt that we have in the States. It's called Siggy's. I don't know if you guys have oh that there, gosh. but it's, Sounds it's yummy. Delicious, <laughs> and they have delicious flavors. Um, what else do I throw in there sometimes? Sometimes I believe it or not, might even throw in, we can, I know you're going to ask me about this later. I might even throw in like a little bit of a scoop of protein powder right. um, because it helps fill me up a little bit. It helps keep me uh, feeling a little more satisfied mm-hmm. and even a spoonful of nut butter. Oh, nice. You're literally making me so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess I'll talk about it now. Do you take any supplements or vitamins? And would you suggest dancers or athletes taking them? This is a really good question. And supplements are a really confusing topic because there is in the scientific literature a lot of unknowns when it comes to supplements. And we have some pretty good scientific basis of certain supplements and what they can do to optimize either a dancer and or an athlete, because, you know, to an extent, a dancer is an athlete to optimize their health and their performance. With that being said, there's also a lot of supplements out there that are marketed as you know, the supplement industry, it's a billion, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And therefore they have a lot of money to market and they market really well. So we have to be a little bit careful when it comes to sorting through the claims that are on supplements. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, usually what I recommend for dancers, even for myself, is that we first think about a food first approach to vitamins and minerals. And that basically means making sure that we are getting an abundance and variety of various foods throughout our day, because that's going to be our body's best access to all of the vitamins and minerals that those supplements are marketing for. Mm. Now, with that being said, there are certain uh, nutrients that a dancer could benefit getting a bit of a boost from, especially, and I know we're going to talk about this later, especially if they're following more of a plant-based diet, but particularly, you know, even, even aside from that right now, any dancer really could benefit from just taking a standard multivitamin every day just to help fill in the gaps. It's pretty, it's, it's a, it's pretty standard. It's usually doesn't break the bank multivitamin yeah. And then in addition to that, I would recommend a calcium vitamin D. And uh-huh. for dancers that are 22 and older, I would even recommend talking to their doctors about taking a prenatal. It's not that I'm saying they're looking to get pregnant anytime <laughs> soon, but I really do feel that prenatal vitamins have um, a particularly uh, well-rounded scope of vitamins and minerals within them that are great for a woman of that age. So those are pretty much the vitamin, the supplements that I can stand behind. There's a couple other stragglers in there. There's iron, there's vitamin B12, but usually when it comes to supplements, I recommend just running it by a doctor first. And I just want to, um, not to, not to plug my own service, but I do have a free course about supplements that dancers can check out on dancenutrition.com that teaches them a little bit more. 
No, I love that. Thank you, Rachel. And I highly recommend anyone who's unsure definitely to go to Rachel. Uh, She knows everything and she's just (laughs) the best person to talk to. And that's so interesting about the prenatal one. Um, Mm -hmm. That's definitely something I'll look into when I'm a little bit older. But I currently take multivitamins, but Mm -hmm. I also take uh, fish oil. What's your opinion on Mm -hmm. that? I think fish oil has pretty good substantial research behind it. I really do, especially, again, for someone who's following more of a plant-based diet. I have nothing against fish oil supplements at all. Um, Sometimes they have some uh, physical, um, like, negative side effects in the sense I've heard where it might cause, like, an unpleasant taste after taking it. So if anyone is listening and, and... experiencing that, I just recommend putting your fish oil supplements in the freezer. That way, when you take them, it, it usually will lessen that uh, side effect of fish oil supplements. Oh, that's so interesting. Thanks for that. Yes. <laughs> I'll definitely implement that. <laughs> and one other supplement that I realized I didn't really touch upon are protein powders. I would say protein powders are, I get asked all the time from dancers whether yeah. or not they should protein powders. And for anyone listening, you heard me say that sometimes in the morning, I even throw in a scoop of protein powder into my breakfast, whether it's overnight oats or whether it's my smoothie bowl. So again, I have nothing against protein powders. I think they can be very beneficial to the strength training that we do as dancers. I don't like to push protein powders because we technically can totally get all of our protein from food. And we can talk more about that also. Um, But it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, no, that's really, really amazing. And on your Instagram bio, it says dance more and stress about food and body less. Now, I really, really love this as personally, I can relate to this, especially when I was younger. I would, you know, stress about food, stress about how I looked and my body. And when I was going through all of the questions that we received on the Q&A, we got so, so many questions, but a lot of them were to do with this and kind of that whole aspect of body image. Can you expand on this a little bit and maybe give us some things to think about? Yeah, definitely. This is such a great question because exactly what you're describing, what you struggled with as a dancer when you were dancing full time is the same exact thing that I struggled with over a decade ago. And what it really comes down to is as dancers, we are most often taught that our body is our instrument Mm -hmm. and what we put into it is what's going to come out on stage. And that was something that really meant a lot to me as a dancer. And it still means a lot to me now, but I'm also a type A perfectionist as are most dancers. I can assure you that you are too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what happens is when someone tells me or a type A perfectionist that, you know, what you put into your body is going to play a huge role in your performance, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. As a, as a young dancer, I took that and I went to the 500th degree with that information. Yeah. And I was like, okay, everything I put into my body has to be perfect. It has to be quote unquote clean. It has to be healthy, 
nutrient dense, et cetera. And what happened was I became obsessed and hyper-focused on the physical aspects of what food was doing for my performance. And what fell to the waistline, no pun intended, was <laughs> the mental and the emotional impact that food played on my performance because I just didn't know yet. I didn't know that food did have a mental and emotional connection both to my health and both to my um, health and performance. So what happened was I got burnt out. I wasn't honoring foods that I loved. I was obsessing about wanting to only eat certain foods that I felt quote unquote safe with. And these are all words that I use with my clients, the dancers that work with me, because I just find that they get it. They understand being in this mindset of um, truth, truthfully developing fears and anxieties around foods that they perhaps once loved. And this is where that mindset comes in. And we start to see a shift in where we're eating solely for the basis of our dance performance, which is important. I'm not saying that we should throw that out the window, yeah. but what I'm saying is we have to also make room for satisfying our mental and emotional performance when it comes to food and honoring foods that we love. I completely can relate to everything you're saying <laughs> as well. And I also know so many people who are the exact same. And it's almost like, like you saying that like a decade ago, like you were struggling with the exact same thing. And it's like so many dancers I know personally or know of friends of friends, it's the exact same thing. And it's almost like a way kind of that it is. And it's like, I love that you look at both perspectives because of course you can't just say, okay, just eat whatever you like because right. Realistically, as dancers, we do need to fuel ourselves. <laughs> right. Sports nutrition is critical for a dancer's performance. Mm -hmm. And that's where my work is, it's very challenging, but it's also something that I have such a passion for because it's constantly trying to find this balance between yeah. sports nutrition and what I call and what we can talk about later, intuitive eating and learning how to listen to our intuition and honor our cravings, our satisfaction. But again, while also thinking about, you know, what are those foods that are going to optimize our performance? Because they're, they're out there. There are foods out there that can definitely help us as dancers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. And a lot of the questions we got, you know, were about kind of mindset, what you were just talking about. And a lot of people were like, how do I change that mentality of going on a diet or, you know, trying out, you know, whatever, vegan, the vegan diet or trying out paleo, uh, changing that mentality of the dieting mindset? Audrey, you bring up such a good point. Mindset is essential when we are talking about the work of building a balanced relationship with ourselves, not just with food, not just with our, with our body, but overall with ourselves. And there is no doubt that this is tough for dancers because forgetting dance in general, we live in a diet obsessed culture. And, you know, it's so funny because I'm here in the US, you're in Australia, but yeah. I believe that we can both agree that at least in both of our cultures, which are across the globe, we are diet obsessed, right? Oh, we are hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's so worldwide, especially now with social media and with oh, Instagram. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. You know, the information that dancers are seeing on their social feeds are also feeding, again, no pun intended, into this <laughs> obsession with being on a diet or having to quote unquote watch what they eat. Yeah. But then now we add an extra layer and the extra layer is being a dancer and being immersed in an art that is so focused on body aesthetics because it is a visual art. We can't, um, we can't deny that. Yeah. So dancers, dancers just have this, this whole other weighted challenge on them aside from being in a, the social pressures of thinness and of weight loss. Dancers have it in the very, um, passion or career that they're pursuing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And would you give like maybe two tips for people who just kind of want to make that switch of that restrictive and obsessive mindset of diet culture? Yeah. Yeah. So my first tip, and I kind of touched on this earlier, uh. is starting to change the focus from solely about your body and more so to your performance. Now, I say this with a, a caveat, okay? Um, we want to change the focus from body to performance, but at the same time, we need to realize that, yes, our body is our instrument. We want to fuel it appropriately so that we can access our performance potential, but we have to know that performance is a direct result, not only of our physical health, but also of our mental and emotional health. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So yes, changing the focus away from body aesthetics and rather onto performance ability and realizing that performance ability is also a product of our physical, emotional, and mental well-being. So that's my first tip. My second tip is thinking about this huge word that I try it's, it's probably what I try to spend most of my time on my Instagram educating about, and it's satisfaction, mm. satisfaction from our food choices, because it is so common that dancers will come to me and they're like, Rachel, I'm eating enough. I'm fueling appropriately. I'm eating enough calories throughout my day. I'm energized, but something is still missing. And I'm like, you know what? It's, it's satisfaction from your food choices. Physical yeah. fullness after eating a meal is one thing, but mm. feeling satisfied from your food preferences is a totally, completely different thing. Yeah. And that's what dancers have to start thinking about, thinking about their food preferences, which they need to sometimes dive deep to discover, deep yeah. into memory nostalgic memories of growing up. I know for myself, I had to do this work when I was rebuilding my relationship with both my body and food and just thinking about what were the foods that made me happy as a toddler before I had any of these external factors impacting my thoughts about my food choices. You know, what made me happy? And that's the stepping stone of what I call breaking our food rules, number one. Um, so finding that satisfaction and changing the focus away from body and really onto our performance abilities. They are some really, really great tips. And <laughs> that's almost, as you said, like rebuilding that relationship with food. Mm -hmm. that's so so important because you know like as as you kind of touched on like we get in those kind of habits of having food rules and like things that yeah. you should eat and that restrictive mindset but that really opens it up to almost a fun thing that you can discover and dive into 
Exactly. Exactly. And just one thing, you know, as dancers, again, getting back to that type A perfectionist mindset, when you do create this rule around a food choice, it's very easy. And I just know this so well from personal experience. It is very easy to fall into a routine with that restrictive rule until you end up burnt out. So that's where it is so important that dancers assess early on if they have any restrictive rules around their food choices. Mm. Oh, it's such an important thing to talk about. Now, I was tossing up whether or not to get into this subject as, you know, I don't necessarily want to promote weight loss and that sort of thing. But then again, in the ballet industry, sometimes it may be necessary. Um, And a lot and a lot of the questions uh, were to do with this. So I think it's important to bring it up with a professional like yourself and hear your approach to this in such a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. This is so true. I mean, weight loss is a very touchy subject and it's always something that I have to tread very lightly with even on my Instagram because the, the fact is, is that we cannot, or I cannot as a professional, um, provide generalized recommendations for weight loss. And the reason for that is because there's so many factors that impact a dancer's weight, including their height, their age, their activity level, their genetics. There's so many different factors that if I'm, you know, spewing generalized recommendations about, okay, here, do X, Y, Z to lose weight. What works for one dancer very much might not work for another dancer. So that is the biggest difficulty that I have when it comes to giving flat out recommendations about weight loss. Now it's also important to realize that I don't shun any dancer who is striving to lose weight because again, I, we live in a weight loss obsessed culture. It is very, uh, normalized to want to lose weight, especially with our industry and with being a dancer and with having, um, weight almost, well, I guess some, yeah, some companies have even weight requirements or weight standards, which are, we're trying to make a shift and make a movement away from that. But in all reality, they're still very much prominent in our industry. Yeah. So I don't ever blame a dancer who comes to me and says, Rachel, I, I really need to, I really want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never something that I, that I say, okay, well, no, I can't help you do that. Or no, you can't do that. That's not what I say because that's not understanding the dancer's mm-hmm. perspective. With that being said, I educate dancers Even dancers that want to lose weight, it's important that we, and I know this sounds counterintuitive to what I'm about to, to what, to what dancers want when it comes to weight loss, (laughs) but we need to take weight loss off the table. And the reason for that, and I'm sorry, I shouldn't say we, I'm saying an individual dancer who wants to lose weight, take Take the idea of weight loss off the table for a second because when we are hyper focused on weight loss, so I'm not saying that taking weight loss off the table. I'm, I'm not saying to do that because you can't lose weight. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying take it off the table because when we hyper-focus on a goal of weight loss, that's when we fall into these unsustainable behaviors around it. Yes. Okay. 
So that's where we want to take this big overarching goal of weight loss and move it aside, put it on the back burner. I'm not saying throw it in the garbage. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just put it on the back burner for a second. Let's first start with your lifestyle choices and making different choices throughout your day. Whether or not weight loss happens, I'm not going to say yes or no. Again, because that would be wrong of me because every dancer's body is different and weight composition is a a factor of so many different things including genetics including height and age and activity level so there are so many factors that are somewhat out of our control when it does come to body weight that being said we can definitely create habits that are sustainable, that can promote what a dancer is looking for, as long as that overarching goal is realistic. I can't be more uh, clear about that because a lot of dancers will come to me with very unrealistic goals about their body. Mm -hmm. And that's where, again, we have to look at all of these different factors that are coming to play. Body composition. Body composition includes fat. It includes muscle. It includes your water content of your body. So there are so many things that are involved when it comes to body weight. And a number on a scale just doesn't do it justice. And if you've ever heard of BMI or body mass index, that's another calculation that we have that completely disregards a dancer's body composition. It's not appropriate for dancers. It's not appropriate for athletes. And we have to, again, uh, shy away from using those markers as um, markers that are uh, pointing to, you know, how a dancer is doing success-wise, you know, how their career is going. Yeah. Wow. You touched on so many important things there. And something that I picked up and really was just so true is like, you know, as we were talking about before, type of diet culture is such a short-term thing, but implementing habits and, you know, really sustainable methods that can create a lifestyle, I think is such a good approach to it. I know so many people, like they'll say, I want to lose weight, just Mm -hmm. that blank statement. But as you were just saying then, there are so many components to it other than just Mm -hmm. losing a number on the scale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. And what are your thoughts on you know, a lot of people were saying, should I weigh myself? And I guess this, as you said, every dancer and person is different, but what's your opinion on that? That's a good question. You know, I don't recommend weighing. I really don't because again, a number on a scale is just showing us one thing. It's showing us the physicality, the the weight of what of your body. It's not breaking down that weight. It's not breaking it down into muscle mass. It's not breaking it down into fat mass. It's not breaking it down into the amount of water that you have on your body. All of these three components, which comprise our body composition, aside from actually the weight of all our organs, organs, etc. You know, it's really not giving you a fair picture of what's going on in your body as a dancer. That's the problem with weight. Uh, You know, I don't recommend that dancers weigh themselves, 
body composition, as I said earlier, a number on a scale does not reflect body composition. It doesn't reflect our muscle mass. It doesn't reflect our fat mass. It doesn't reflect our water composition. All of these, in addition to just the weight of our organs, play into what our body weight is. And it doesn't, a scale, a number on a scale is not breaking that down. Um, also think about what is that number on the scale really doing for you? Mm. Is it helping your performance? Is it making your frappes stronger? Is it making your wettes better? Is it making your pirouettes, your balance longer? I don't think so. It's really not. It's just yeah. making you crazy. Yeah. That's really what the number on the scale is doing. So I think dancers need to stay, take a step back because I know from personal experience that you can get so hyper-focused on what that number is and wanting to see it go down or wanting to see it go in any which direction that you're looking for, you need to take a step back and realize what is that number actually doing for me? Is it, is it allowing me to live and dance freely or is it causing me to have a lot of sacrifices? So many dancers will say, I just want to lose five pounds. And what do I say back to them? well, what are you sacrificing with those five pounds? Are you sacrificing being able to enjoy food with your family? Are you sacrificing being able to um, have that piece of dessert yeah. one night? I mean, I mean, these are things we need to ask ourselves for five pounds. Yeah. So I think Dan, sometimes, again, a type A perfectionist type mindset, it's easy to get hyper-focused on those numbers, but take a step back. I don't recommend obsessing about them. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And yeah, that mindset of kind of like always trying to, you know, beat that that number on the scale becomes such a obsessive, as you said, type A mindset and almost mm-hmm. a slave to the scales and like trying to, yeah. you know, beat that uh, number, which, you know, it's so, yeah. it's so crazy when you think about it, but it really does, does happen. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on calorie counting? Because we got so many questions on how many calories should I have? Should I be calorie counting? Um, I feel like this is a little bit like the scales. Um, Mm -hmm. You can get Mm -hmm. in that mindset, but can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, here's the thing. In short, I don't recommend calorie counting for the same reason as the scale. You're going to become too hyper-focused on this number and it's going to sacrifice other ways that you can be spending your mental energy, which is so important as a dancer to have that mental energy. Now, calorie counting. Sometimes I actually do recommend it for dancers who are looking to, believe it or not, gain weight. See, calorie counting there's a very negative connotation around this word in our culture and calorie counting does that. We think that we have to count calories because we cannot pass a certain limit. And if we do, we risk whatever it might be. Okay. That's where the anxiety and the fear starts to settle in about how many calories should a dancer be eating. Now, with that being said, a lot of the dancers that I work with usually have to gain weight or at least work actively work to maintain their weight because they're so active. In that sense, it could be important to educate dancers about calories because I'm not having them look at it like a maximum range that they cannot pass. Instead, I'm having them look at their calories like they need to at least hit that. If they pass it, great, but they need to at least hit this target number so that we make sure they are actually fueling appropriately because so many dancers will 
unintentionally or intentionally undereat. Now, unintentional undereating is very common for dancers solely because of two things. They're busy, so they're not thinking about food, but also because it is just it is normal biology that intense physical activity blunts our hunger cues. So it's very easy for dancers to go about their day and really not feel that hungry and just kind of nosh here and there throughout their day only to end up at night famished or later in the week famished. This is where we start to see that cycle of just under eating, whether it's intentional or unintentional, and then ending the day or ending the week overeating or just eating yeah. past fullness. Yeah. So it's yeah, so it's important if that is if that phenomenon is happening with a dancer, then I might say I might raise some awareness towards calories and say, okay, well, listen, a hundred calorie snack is not enough for any dancer, and I can proudly say that in a general context. Yeah. Um, the reason I say that is because again, our culture is very much set on certain things, and I think if you go into a grocery store, you're going to see a lot of snack options that are a hundred calories. Yeah. Hundred calories. It's just not enough for a dancer. Um, what do I recommend instead of calorie counting is to think of balance. When you are eating a meal or a snack, think of the components of it. It should have a source of protein. It should have a source of fat and it should have a source of carbohydrate. That, that is a better thought process than thinking about how many calories are in my snack. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. All of that that you touched on is so insightful. I just want to say that I have a very helpful article and tool on my website, dancenutrition.com for dancers to learn about calories and to even assess how many calories that they might need in a day. So I just recommend that they go check that out. Just type in calories in dancenutrition.com. And that's something that I kind of want to get onto now, as you were talking about weight gain and, you know, it's, it can be a positive thing and it can also be, you know, a harder thing to deal with. And when I was going through my teenage years in puberty, I had to deal with kind of like all the hormones and, you know, I felt like I had to eat a lot more and I felt a lot more hungry and, you know, my body was changing rapidly. I started getting boobs and I know a lot of people go through the exact same thing. And it's so funny. A lot of the dancers who are now in companies and principals and soloists all said the exact same thing that, you know, when they were teenagers, you know, they had this sudden change in their bodies and they felt self-conscious and all of this type of thing. Is there anything you can give us that can help deal with that kind of weight gain? And I guess it's almost body image in a way. Yes. Weight gain. So this is what makes the pre-professional years as a dancer so difficult because they are not only dealing with the same pressures that all dancers deal with, with body aesthetics, they're also dealing with a changing body and their, and their body is actively growing. They're in their peak growing years, especially for their bone health. And they're growing, as you said, they're developing breasts, they're, you know, getting their periods and all of these changes mm. are happening. And they're likely feeling hungrier because of all of that. What you has just said, had said, uh, that you experience. It's such a vulnerable time for right. dancers to fall into disordered eating behaviors. Mm. Um, and whether or not that turns into a full-blown eating disorder can happen as well. But it is a very vulnerable time. It's so important for dancers to realize that just as you said, 
to a certain extent, a lot of this work is body image and body acceptance and learning to navigate body dysmorphia, which is something that I have opened up on my Instagram about struggling about myself. And when we prevent our body or strive to prevent our body from undergoing these changes during our early teenage years, we are going to sacrifice a lot in our long-term performance abilities. We are going to sacrifice one of the biggest things is our bone health. Because if we start under eating, then we are not fueling our body appropriately in order to maintain its metabolic functioning. Metabolic functioning essentially meaning the hormonal balance needed to not only support a reproductive system or getting a period, but actually also supporting our bone strength. Hormones like estrogen play a huge role in our body's ability to absorb calcium and vitamin D. And that is our direct vitamins and minerals that our bone needs to build a strong framework for our dancing. So a young dancer who's going through puberty, who's now scared of the changes occurring in their body and trying to manipulate those changes by perhaps under eating is going to risk a future of injury and a future of, for example, so many stress fractures sitting out. I mean, we all, we've all been there. We've all set out at summer intensives, um, right? Dealing with a stress fracture. Why sacrifice that? Why sacrifice your ability to actually do what you love, which is dancing, which is getting up there and moving to sit out and just watch everyone else do because you're suffering from an injury because you have poor bone mass because you weren't fueling appropriately during your peak growing years. So it's very important for dancers to realize that the changes happening in their body are happening for a reason. They're happening for a biological reason and we should not fight those changes. So a lot of this work, listen, it is so easier said than done. A lot of this work has to do with body confidence, body acceptance. A lot of these points that I really try and educate dancers on, as you know, just from my Instagram alone. One thing that I really do want to also stress here is the word fat and body fat, because I know that there's a lot of fear, just like the word calories around this word. And dancers need to realize that fat actually plays a ton of really important roles in our body as a dancer and in our performance. Fat, our body requires certain levels of fat on it in order to build those hormones that are needed for bone growth. Um, Also, fat promotes what I said earlier, satisfaction at meals. So if someone is following a low fat diet, they're not going to feel satisfied. They're likely going to feel hungry throughout the day. So that's just another tidbit of information to remember. It is so hard. And I think you are doing such an amazing job trying to educate dancers as that's one of the main things, sometimes just not knowing Uh, what the consequences are for the future. I feel like we're always very external. We see ourselves in the mirror all of the time, but we're not actually thinking about what's going on inside and how you can kind of fuel yourself from the inside. And a lot of the questions now, we're going into holiday season. And I know that can come with stress for some people around lots of food, And that type of thing. And I know a lot of people were asking, how do we cope during holiday season? Yeah, this is such a great question because not only are we dealing with holiday season right now, but we're also dealing with a very different looking holiday season because of the pandemic. 
the biggest piece of advice I can give you for the holidays is starting to think about mindful eating behaviors and learning how to enjoy all foods without feeling that you either have to get it all in now because you're never going to have them again or feeling like you can't enjoy these foods because you don't know what the ingredients are in them or you just have fears and anxieties around some of those more indulgent foods that are served. These foods are surrounded by experiences and memories that should be made. You know, it's also about food being part of our social, cultural lifestyle and being able to enjoy that with others. So, you know, how do we do that? Well, we start talking about mindful eating behaviors. Mm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about mindful eating behaviors? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just in, in to generalize it, because this is also a lot of um, work that I do with dancers it's it's a journey. It's a journey learning this. But just to give a couple um, quick pieces of advice about mindful eating, learning how to sit down at a meal and really slow down and asking yourself, really tuning into your hunger cues, your fullness cues at a meal, asking yourself if the foods you're actually eating are satisfying you or are they just are they just filling you physically? Kind of what I touched on earlier. Yeah, making sure making sure that your food choices are not just for physical fullness. It's not just a bowl of salad that's, phys- that's allowing you to feel physically full for 10 minutes, but actually, you know, a, a well-dressed salad with a ton added to it, whether that's yeah. cheese and nuts and maybe fruit in there, really to promote more of a satisfying experience and building an experience around food. Yeah, I love that. Okay, Rachel, obviously... We can talk about this subject as much or as little as you want to, but we had an enormous amount of questions specifically on disordered eating and binge eating specifically. Can you tell us a little bit about this and kind of what the disorder is and how can we help and prevent this? So this is a great question. And I just want to say that when it comes to disordered eating, and diagnosed eating disorders. These are two very different things. And there's very much a spectrum when we're thinking about disordered eating. So something like binge eating, which really falls well into what we were talking about with the holidays. And I somewhat mentioned this earlier. I find that a lot of dancers will feel or think that they are struggling with binge eating disorder when in fact, they're not. And they're actually just struggling with restrictive eating or disordered eating behaviors, and they're being led into a cycle of under eating and overeating. So this cycle of having extreme control around your food choices for a certain period of time, and then subconsciously wanting to break that control at any one point during the day or during the week. So it's very important that that dancers don't uh, jump ahead and just self-diagnose themselves with binge eating disorder. There's very clear, uh, there's very clear markers when it comes to diagnosing an eating disorder. And I do recommend that dancers check out the website, um, NADA, it's the National Eating Disorder Association. They have an incredible website with very helpful markers that can, and assessments that can help a dancer really see if they are falling into any of those behaviors. But most often what I see with the dancers that I work with is that they are just struggling with disordered eating and they are 
highly restrictive, whether that's restrictive in their calories or restrictive in their food choices for a certain period of time. And then they're just wanting to break that restriction subconsciously and falling into those behaviors of eating past physical comfort. Okay. So, so this is where, again, those mindful eating behaviors come into play, learning about hunger and fullness cues. All of these tips I give a ton of information about on dancenutrition.com. I don't mean to keep plugging my website, but truthfully, I have an entire article about hunger and fullness cues that I suggest any dancer listening to go and check out. Yeah, no. And thank you for plugging because honestly, I think it's what we all need and can never learn enough about. So that is something I am so grateful for. And those tips about binge eating and overeating is so relevant as, you know, I feel like as dancers, we do that. Like it is quite normal to under eat and then on the weekend be super hungry and, you know, spend time with family and overeat. So I think checking out that website, reading your articles will be really, really helpful to a lot of people. Now, Rachel, I'm going to wrap it up here, but I have truly had the best conversation with you and am so grateful for all of this information. And yeah, thank you so, so much. You are so welcome. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, You know, for everyone listening, we are dealing with not just a difficult cultural standpoint when it comes to weight loss and body image and our relationship with food, but we're also dealing with the heightened, um, the heightened pressures of our dance industry. So it is just very important to make sure that you have adequate resources, um, qualified resources, such as a registered dietitian like myself to turn to uh, when it comes to just seeking some help and advice and support. And you can be anywhere in the world to get in contact with Rachel. So everyone must check out her Instagram page. I will link it below. And also her website. She has so many eBooks and programs that you can easily tap into just via the internet. Yes. Thank you so much. You know, everyone just go check out dancenutrition.com. That's what I recommend for just diving into a lot of the information that Audrey and I are speaking about today and hopefully in the future as well. And yeah, yeah, that's where you can find a a lot more information about me. And you can also join my community, The Healthy Dancer, which is involves online courses and a ton of educational material where you can even work with me on a one-on-one basis. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rachel. I had the best time. Yeah. Thank you again, Audrey. It was a pleasure speaking to you and we'll definitely be in touch. Okay, guys, that is the end of today's episode. How amazing is Rachel and her program? I am so grateful to have been able to speak to her today. And I'm so, so thankful to be able to share it with all of you guys. I hope you all have a great day. Don't forget to follow Sportive AF on Instagram and take care of yourself, guys. Lots of love.